Welcome to Planet Sleep. I'm your host, Josh, and tonight we're going to go for a scenic hike on one of the most beautiful islands in the world, Bali. Make sure your bags are packed and you've got everything you need for the journey ahead. Before we go, I wanted to remind you that Planet Sleep releases new episodes weekly, and to make sure you never miss a new episode, Make sure you're following the show on Spotify or you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or YouTube. Before we go, take a moment to relax, find somewhere to sit down or even lie down. Take a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. I'll wait. Now that you're calm and relaxed, our journey on Bali begins. Beaches, rice fields, and peaks of active volcanoes cover the busy island of Bali, just 8 degrees south of the equator. Heat, rain, and snow blanket different sections of the diverse region. From the highest peak where the frost sets in, down to the hot and humid valleys below, an island so small yet big in the scale of diversity and beauty. This volcanic island is a small province of Indonesia between the Indian and Pacific Oceans, and its westernmost island of the Lesser Sunda Islands, an archipelago formed by a chain of volcanoes millions of years ago. The island was first inhabited over 4,000 years ago by Austronesian people, originally from Taiwan. Through the ages, Bali has become a tourism hub for its incredible sights and diverse range of animals, and warm weather year-round. The island sits at an average of 86 degrees Fahrenheit, a perfect temperature for curious travelers and the vast wildlife that roam the rainforests, temples, and city streets. On a summer day, you open your balcony door as the humid air of the warm city greets your skin. The small engines of local scooters and barking dogs echo through the alleyways as you approach the edge of the balcony. Another day in Bali, and the sun is up high above. Distant birds sing their songs up in the trees, and the vibrations of endless tourism fill the streets. You stretch out your arms and legs before you begin another journey across the island. And as you crane your neck towards the balcony ceiling in one big stretch, you spot a lizard, a large gecko staring at you with curious eyes, black slits surrounded by green orbs. This isn't the typical house gecko you've become familiar with since you first came to Bali. This isn't the small beige one that sneaks into your bedrooms and slides across your floors. No, this is a big one, about a foot long. And it shows off its spectacular color of bright blue while its orange dots stand out across its scaly skin. This is the Tokei Gecko, and it hangs on the top of the balcony wall behind you defending its spot near the wall lamp where it feeds on lonely bugs attracted to the light in the dark of night. He has a full belly from the night before, and as you look at him, he reminds you of a Pokemon with his large, colorful body. And it even talks at night, making one simple noise. After the sunset, you heard his cries as he let out a noise that sounded like a high-pitched wah, wah. His mouth is large and his head carries the weight of his powerful jaws. He's also known to be the grumpiest of the bunch, so you keep your distance. 
If you were a bit closer, you'd notice the scars near his mouth and around his body. Old battle wounds from fighting other geckos and defending his territory. Rage and violence is a part of their day-to-day life. And although it might seem unpleasant, it's how they survive in the streets of Bali. As you head back to your room, you make sure to keep a safe distance from the blue and orange lizard hanging from your wall. And after you successfully avoid disturbing the Tokei gecko, you head back into the cool, air-conditioned bedroom. You grab your backpack and the rest of your gear for the day, and you're ready to traverse the majestic corners of Bali. At first, you consider heading into the bathroom before you leave, but you remember the warning the stranger in the courtyard gave you the night before. Always check for snakes first, he said. They like to slither up the sewer pipes and sit in the toilet bowl sometimes. Although it sounds like an old wives' tale, you listen to his advice, especially after he had shown you the nasty bite mark on his leg. There are 87 different snake species in Bali and many love the water. Also, nearly 30% of the snakes that live on or around the island are dangerous. Many of them are marine snakes, meaning they mostly live in water. But it's known that some tend to lurk in a small comfort of some toilet bowls. So instead, you leave the room key on the bedroom dresser take the hallway to the exit, and make your way into the back alley. You'll find a bathroom somewhere else. As you open the exit door, a scooter quickly passes by and you hear the deep bark of a lonely dog. Across the alleyway, the good boy sits on the other side of the chain link fence, wagging his tail. His gray coat is spotted with black and white dots. His eyes are the color of crystal icebergs. He looks at you and cocks his head. You can't seem to tell what kind of breed he is, but you guess he's a mix just like the other ones that wander through the alleyway. All different shapes and sizes, you see several more down the way. The dogs of Bali own the city streets. Several different nonprofits keep track of the dogs around Bali, making sure the dogs are healthy and well-fed. And many of them won't bother you as long as you don't bother them. Before you head down the alley, another dog comes around the corner and he scares you at first. But you see his tail wagging and his tongue hanging out the side of his mouth. He's friendly, and he's come to greet his friend on the other side of the chain link fence. They touch noses while wagging their tails. If only the Tokei geckos could be as nice. You pass through the blocks and blocks of congested city streets, and the smell of food emerges from the low two-story buildings. If you're lucky, you'll see street dancers, musicians, and sculptors hard at work making every block of Bali more lively and rich in cultural arts. Soon you make your way through the city and into the more spacious countryside. You walk along a dirt road covered in the tracks of busy tourists swarming the island. These tracks of small tires and footprints share the road with a peculiar hooved impression in the mud. It sinks deep into the earth, creating a small pool within its imprint. It's clear that a heavy animal has walked here. And as you look up along a distant fence line, you see where these tracks lead. A group of slow-moving cattle sways along the edge of the property. They face the streets where they watch the few travelers that have come this far from the city. Most of them stand tall while some casually rest in the small field beyond where a field of rice grows beside a one-story house. One of the cows has a line of green grass hanging from its mouth as he chews his food in careful, circular motions. He wears a brown coat of fur and below his knees is mostly white making him look like he's wearing two pairs of white boots. He doesn't look like the cattle you've seen at home. They are smaller than your typical cows, and their horns only poke out a few inches from their heads. These are Bali cattle, and their ancestors come from a different line than most other cattle in the world. In fact, it's believed 
that they originated in Bali. They are common in the countryside because they're perfect for plowing rice fields, and they often feed on the lush open ranges along the back roads. They also have a powerful immune system, and they can fight off certain diseases that other types of cattle are known to catch. They are also used for meat, but many Hindu people in Bali believe that these cows are sacred creatures of the land. In fact, Bali is the only region in Indonesia where nearly 87% of the people are Hindu. The rest of the country is known for being majority Muslim, so the Hindus of Bali aren't known to use the cattle for meat. But the region's large amount of tourism often demands it. You remind yourself to skip the meals of steak and burgers while in Bali. And luckily many of the cows you see around you are owned by families who use them for plowing. They can often be found in small groups on people's privately owned farms. The one chewing his food leans his head over the fence and stares at you with his big eyes. And as you come up to him, you see a small oval ear swatting away the nearby flies. You give him a gentle pat on the nose before continuing down the dirt road. If you're going to make it to the seaside cliffs before nightfall, you'll need a faster way to travel than walking. So you rent a scooter and make your way towards the southern tip of Bali. It's fast, practical, and a little bit dangerous on the main roads. But it will get you there. As you travel along the main road leading south, dense green clumps of vegetation cover each side of the road. Only every so often you see through a clearing where long stretches of curving creeks and valleys lay beyond. Occasionally a tiny town crops up, where the tip of a distant volcanic mountain reaches into the clouds above. After a few hours of travel you decide to stop in the center of the island. You've heard a centuries-old Hindu temple lies deep in the forest. You pull your scooter over, wipe the bug juice from your helmet visor, and put on your sunglasses, and head along the pathway towards Pura Dalam. Deeper into the forest you go, surrounded by 27 acres of thick foliage, winding pathways, and sacred sculptures that reach up from the muddy rainforest ground. Over 80 different species of trees live within this forest, which also acts as a sanctuary for the local birds, squirrels, lizards, and deer. The deeper you go into the trees, the sounds of the forest awaken. The chirps and calls of the forest bounce from tree to tree, and you stop to take it all in for a moment. As you continue on around each bend, you travel further into a mysterious yet sacred land. Aside from the trees blocking the sun, you hear small feet scramble across the stone pathways. And the further you venture into the forest, the more feet you hear scrambling. They belong to the infamous monkeys of the land, the macaque, these small-eyed, flat-nosed creatures on the land. So much so that they've named this forest the Sacred Monkey Forest. And although they are cute and small, they're smart enough to trick a traveler like yourself. All your belongings are at risk of being stolen, so you keep your things tucked away in your pockets and you double-check to make sure your backpack is zipped up. Local staff feeds the monkeys fruits, flower petals, seeds, and leaves. The macaque are welcome to roam the pathways as much as any other traveler. They have become such an iconic animal in Indonesia that locals have a saying when young people fall in love, called cinta monyi, meaning monkey love. And it's similar to how we call a young crush puppy love in English. But the locals aren't fooled by how sweet and innocent the monkeys look. They know not to trust them with their belongings. They are conniving little creatures and they're also known to bite and carry disease. 
but they're so common among the old Hindu temples that many believe they are the sacred guardians of old Hindu grounds. Sure enough, as you wind down another bend in the pathway, you see the old Hindu structures that the monkeys guard, the Temple of Puradalam, or the Temple of the Dead. The place isn't as scary as it might sound, especially because Hindu culture sees death as just another part of life. These intricate stone temples stand tall and proud in the clearing. Their peaks point high in the sky, but they still can't reach beyond the canopy of the surrounding trees. Nonetheless, this area contains a centuries-old cemetery and a cremation temple dedicated to Shiva, the god who judges the karma of the dead. Surrounding the tall cremation temple, you see headstones that fill the clearing. This is where the recently deceased are buried as their families hold lavish ceremonies, unique to the traditions and culture of Bali that date back centuries. The earliest temple structure is believed to have been built in the mid-13th century, but many of the structures have been redesigned and rebuilt over the years. The delicate edges of the temples are so well blended that it's hard to see what parts are brand new and what parts are ancient. As you pass the headstones and temples, you appreciate the attention to detail the builders have put into the orange and gray stone before you. You continue on through the forest as curious monkeys cross your path until you finally reach the bathing temple along a gentle stream in the middle of the forest. The dark water looks calm and soothing on such a hot summer day. The large bathing pool sits in a giant rectangle of stone where several spouts attached to the stone wall pour water into the bath. And just when you consider taking a quick dip, you remind yourself that you need to reach the south end of Bali before sundown. But you try not to rush yourself. So you soak in the scene, the stones covered in moss, the slow-moving water, and the large stone spouts that fill the bath, the swaying trees that surround you. Before making your way out of the sacred forest, you dip your hand into the bath of cool water and feel the gentle current glide between your fingers. That one simple gesture gives you a bit of energy for the rest of your journey. You begin your way out of the forest. As the sun lowers in the evening sky, you reach for your sunglasses and notice they're gone. You thought you had stuck them in your shirt pocket, but you can't seem to find them. As you look around, you notice a lone monkey perched on the top of a stone pillar. With a smug face, he slowly pushes your sunglasses up on the bridge of his small nose, looks over at you and begins peeling a banana. You figure it's best to leave him be. Those sunglasses aren't worth getting bitten by a hungry little monkey, the respected guardian of the Hindu temple. So you return to your scooter and continue on your journey south. And once you make it to the southern tip of the island, you carefully make your way along the winding one-lane roads. The vegetation crowds along the streets, and occasionally the forest opens up and you pass by small buildings lined along stone sidewalks. Terracotta roofs cover the small buildings that come and go along the road. You continue on, and you notice almost everyone on the road is either driving a scooter or a bike. You follow the paved road as it gently curves towards the west, and you travel a bit more before rolling into a large parking lot, surrounded by rainforest greenery and ancient walls of mossy stone. You find a parking space and remove your helmet. The sight of a modern scooter beside an ancient wall is a bit jarring at first, but it's a reminder that you're entering a region whose history spans centuries. As you leave the parking lot, you finally made it to the entrance of Pura Ulawatu, the cliffside Hindu temple at the south end of Bali. 
The name roughly translates to Heavenly Edge Rock, and the temple sits on top of a cliff overlooking the sea. But before you enter, you need a special purple sarong and sash to enter the temple. In Hindu tradition, you wrap the sash around you and tie the purple sarong around your waist. Meanwhile, another man approaches you and asks if you'd like the guide to assist you through the temple. He warns that there are dangerous monkeys inside that can steal your things. But you decline and tell him that you've dealt with the monkeys before. The monkeys near this temple have learned how to barter and trade with the goods they steal, just like humans. And they pass the skill down to their young. You remember that you have a bag of peanuts in your backpack, just in case you need to trade with the local monkeys. Just before you head into the temple, you notice a sign. It warns you to take off your hat, sunglasses, and earrings. But you don't have any of those. At least not anymore. You make your way along the stone footpath surrounded by old stone structures and low stone walls weathered by years of coastal storms and the passing of centuries. You half expect to see another monkey since they're known to riddle the temples of Bali, but you're surprised when you come across a different furry creature, a little cat. She is small, soft, and bright orange, and she paws carefully across the stone masonry laid into the grass. She looks back at you, carefully judging your movement. As she circles around a small courtyard, you notice her tail is missing. All that's left is a small curled stump. This is common for most, if not all, of the cats in Bali. The widespread myth is that the angry housewives have stolen their tails. But really, it has nothing to do with tail cutting. It actually comes from a common genetic trait in many parts of the Eastern world, including China and Japan. Many claim that their lack of a tail means they struggle with their balance. But this is also just a myth. They're perfectly agile without it. As an old Japanese saying goes, have or have not a cat's tail, which is used to describe something that isn't important to have. The small kitty struts its way along the stone path until a group of tourists scares it away. The last thing you see is her small stump of a tail vanish behind the stonework of a nearby wall, and you hear more sounds coming from beyond the wall. There are several more courtyards in the temple, and one in particular holds a sacred dance every day at 6 p.m. So you turn the corner and watch as the last dancers complete their show. They gently twirl and twist as they base their performances on an old story, a Sanskrit epic from ancient India. And as the dancers finish their performance, the sun inches closer to the horizon, and the temple transforms from a place of energy into a place of quiet meditation. All the travelers gather to look out at the ocean, beyond the walls. As you make your way to the cliffside, you take a moment to appreciate the intricate placement of stones. The different shapes and unique designs show the work of a patient craftsman, and the dark stains along the wall remind you of how long they've been standing here. Each stone has been carefully cut and fitted into each wall that has stood the test of time. For centuries, this temple has housed the Hindus who traveled from afar to come and pray, meditate, and celebrate in its courtyards. This temple was built sometime in the 11th century by an old sage, and it's dedicated to the supreme god of Indonesian Hinduism. Later, another Hindu sage came to the temple in the 16th century and it's believed that this is where he finally attained moksha, where he freed himself from the cycle of death and rebirth. As you appreciate the stonework in history, you understand you found yourself in a special place. 
Not only is its masonry work a testament to their dedication to spirituality, but it has become a prime spot for incredible sightseeing along the coast. This temple allows you to soak in the serenity of Bali. The temple sits at the edge of a 230-foot cliff overlooking the ocean. In folklore, the rock it sits on is believed to be a water goddess's ship that had collided with Bali and became petrified over time. The very tip of the cliff gives a clear view of almost 300 degrees around. And as you stand at the point, you can see the long stone pathway that hugs the cliff's edge. It wraps along the stone, leaving enough open room to step away from the other tourists and find a quiet place to meditate. As you distance yourself, all you hear is the wind maneuvering the trees behind you and the crashing waves far below. The churning waves turn the blue water into white curling waves and they take their time before crashing into the shore. As you look along the edge of the temple, everyone has gathered to watch the sunset. Unfortunately for you, the sun blinds you without your sunglasses. It's even brighter up here on the cliffside as the sun reflects off the ocean in one giant cone of bright light. And you fear that you won't be able to soak in the beauty of the sunset. Regardless, you perch yourself on a nearby stone wall and soak in your surroundings the best you can. Perhaps you try and meditate for a moment. You clear your mind and become one with your surroundings. And just as you fall into deep relaxation with the world around you, a slight tapping comes to your shoulders. It feels just like a small finger trying to get your attention. As you turn around, you notice a fuzzy monkey just over your shoulder. Another macaque. And she stares at you for a moment before she holds out her hand. She offers you a pair of bright purple sunglasses. You notice several more hanging around her necklace. As you take the pair of purple sunglasses, you leave a few peanuts on the wall beside you as a trade offering. She takes them happily and shoves them into her mouth and scurries off into the brush behind you. You check your surroundings for any more monkeys before carefully putting on the sunglasses. And now you can finally enjoy the sunset as it slowly disappears behind the horizon. Without looking directly at the sun, it sinks beneath the ocean horizon. Your vision opens up as the blinding light disappears. The only sunlight now is the orange light that hugs the underbelly of the clouds above. Underneath them, you notice how large and vast the ocean stretches. All you can see is the end of the earth. And as the sky darkens, so does the water beneath it. Although you can't see what's beneath, you imagine the limitless amount of marine creatures swimming under the surface. Again, you close your eyes and imagine the vast ecosystem out there beyond the shore. The island of Bali is located in the heart of the Coral Triangle and has more than 393 species of coral in its waters. This attracts 952 different species of reef fish to its waters. Among them are the oceanic fish and the manta ray some of the largest fishes in the entire world living off the coast of Bali. As you drift deeper into your visions of the ocean, where massive fish share the waterways out beyond your reach, the darkness of night begins to take over the temple, and off in the distance you hear the howl of stray dogs returning to their familiar grounds, and the warmth of the sun begins to hide away. Evening fades, and you're reminded that nighttime is set to the sound of the Wawa call of the Tokei Gecko under the dark of night. You hear one hanging on the wall behind you, and just before your day is done, you plan to dive into the coral-laden ocean tomorrow, and you take in one more breath before a short dream of tailless cats and merchant monkeys overtakes you.
Well, that concludes our journey to Planet Sleep for this week. I hope you enjoyed your time in Bali and learned a thing or two about this beautiful paradise in the middle of the ocean. If you enjoy Planet Sleep, make sure you support us by following us on Spotify, subscribing to our YouTube channel, and following us on social media. You can find us on social media by using our handle at Planet Sleepcast. Thanks again for joining me on this beautiful journey to better dreams and deeper sleep. I'll see you guys next time. And until then, sleep easy, my friends. <laughs>